0: What's up, everybody? I hope you're having a great and wonderful day. I hope you're keeping your eyes and your heart open to God's love acting in the world right now. And this is another episode of Soul Searching. Season one, Spiritual Practices for Busy People. Episode three, The Bible. Let's get after it, y'all. So a couple of weeks ago, we talked about the three things that Christians do. Christians worship, uh, often through the form of prayer, and definitely prayer is a daily act, action of worship, and then corporately gather uh, either in person or on the internet uh, to worship God. We also grow in faith through learning, um, and then we also love and assist our neighbors. Those are the three primary things that Christians do. We talked about a couple of ways of praying. The receive and share prayer, the 10-second prayer, where uh, as we breathe in, we pray that we are receiving Christ. As we breathe out, we pray that we are sharing Christ. We do that for 10 seconds and do that often throughout the day. We also offered up a way of doing what I call the schedule prayer, where each night you write down your schedule for the next day, and then you say a quick prayer offering your whole coming day, the whole next day to God, to for God to bless you through the day and for you to be a blessing to others through your actions through the next day. Finally, we talked about praying the round, and this was using the Episcopal Book of Common Prayer uh, and the daily devotions for individuals and families as a way to pray uh, in the morning, at noon, in the early evening, and before bedtime. And then we also, as a corporate way of prayer, talked about Compline, which I'll remind you, the Church of the Nativity has Compline every night, Monday through Thursday night, on our Facebook Live feed, www.facebook.com/nativityfto/live, so you can tune in at nine o'clock and join us for corporate uh, prayers of Compline, prayers to be said uh, before going to sleep each night, Monday through Thursday at nine PM. Now, today we're going to talk about the Bible. The first thing I want to say is that the Bible pa- pairs well with coffee; both are expressions of God's love two of the many ways that God says, I love you. So I firmly recommend coffee and I firmly recommend the Bible and I firmly recommend both of them together in equal doses. Okay. Um, So what is this thing? What is Bible reading all about and why is it an essential part of being a Christian? The retired Archbishop of Canterbury, Rowan Williams, wrote the following, that Bible reading is an essential part of Christian life because Christian life is a listening life. What he's talking about there is that we listen... For God's expression of God's love, God to speak to us. That's a one of the we do that through our worship and prayer. We do that through our learning, the two things. And we also do that when we're helping others is a chance of seeing God, the image of God within, and hearing from the image of God that is in the other person that we're helping. We're loving and caring for our neighbors. This quote came from his book, Being Christian which I highly recommend, I highly recommend this book. It's short, it's 150, 200 pages. And he covers these four things, baptism, Bible, the Eucharist and prayer. And it does it in a very way that is engaging. And though he is a scholar, this is not uh, written with the scholar in mind. It's written for normal everyday people, average people to read and engage and learn. I highly recommend this book. Um, it's it's really good introduction to, four basic areas of being Christian. Now, let me say explicitly that the Bible is the inspired word of God. It is not transcribed. You will run into Christian traditions that teach that the Bible was transcribed, that God took over the authors of the Bible and literally guided their hand as they wrote text exactly. Um, You'll hear it expressed that that is the inerrant. um, And that's simply just not the case. It's not the case for a couple of reasons. One, we know from the history of trans of copying the Bible, because it was first hand copied that things got changed. We have manuscripts that are older than some other manuscripts and they don't all, they don't match up exactly. So there's that second Um, Within the text itself, there are contradictions, parts that uh, uh, don't match up and align cognitively with other parts. And we're going to talk about why that is in just a minute. And finally, it's not transcribed because if it was transcribed, and this is the way that we engage with the Word of God through Scripture and we're listening for God's voice, if it was transcribed and was a concrete thing, a solidified thing, then that would be limiting. It would be limiting God, limiting what God can say and do. And that's not a good practice ever. Early in the Bible, there's a story of this guy named Moses, and he experiences God. So the story goes through a burning bush, a bush that's that's a flame but is not being consumed by the fire. And he hears God and he asks God, what's your name? And God says something that's hard to transcribe or hard to translate, I should say, that could be translated, I am that I am, or it could be translated, I will be what I will be. What that really kind of expresses is that God is free to be God on God's own terms. We don't get to tell God how to be God. God is free to love whomever God wants. God is free to forgive whomever God wants. We, we don't get to dictate to God. We don't get to dictate to God what God's capabilities are. And if Bible were transcribed and was one exact text that said one exact thing for all time, then that would limit what God's capable of doing. And we as humans should never put a limit on God. So this is the inspired word of God. People were inspired by their relationship with God to write down stories that had been passed through communities orally and eventually were put down and have been maintained by the communities. This tradition of these words and these texts have been maintained by worshiping communities over time because they are inspired and we are able to engage and hear the word of God through them. Still. So, what's in them? First place, you notice I mentioned God inspired the authors. It is not a book that's written by one person. Indeed, Biblos, which is the Greek word where we get the word Bible, means library. This is a collection of books. And not all Bibles have the same collection of books. You go to a bookstore, You'll see various Bibles that have different contents. In most Protestant Bibles, you'll find uh, actually two libraries: one called the Old Testament, one called the New Testament. Next week, we're going to go in a bit more detail about what Old Testament, and New Testament are, um, but in a and why that's in the Protestant Bible, so to speak. In a Roman Catholic Bible, you will find Old Testament, New Testament, also find a collection of books called the Apocrypha. But the Apocrypha won't be in their own section. They'll be uh, intermixed within the Old Testament. And again, next week, we'll talk about what the Apocrypha are. They're very important uh, to Christians, and we'll talk about that next week. So be sure to tune in to that. In Anglican, it'll have the Old Testament and New Testament and the Apocrypha. So 73 books, but the the Apocrypha will be in the middle. They'll be in between the Old and the New Testament. And again, we'll talk about that next week. There are a plethora of translations of the Bible out there. It's been translated into just about every language on the planet. And within English translations and modern English translations, there's kind of two categories. Ones that are explicitly a translation. They're taking the Greek and the Hebrew that the Bible was written into and, and translating it into English. And trying to stick to exactly the meaning and even the sentence structure that's in the Greek and the Hebrew to some degree. A paraphrase tries to take, um, translate from the Greek and Hebrew into English, and then make the syntax, the 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 word order and the meaning more accessible than ancient Hebrew and ancient Greek. Paraphrases are a good place to start. And I've listed two here. The New Living Translation, which starts as a translation, but really gets in, it becomes a paraphrase in their process. And a really popular one called The Message, which is a very much an attempt to paraphrase scripture in modern context, contemporary, not even just modern, but contemporary context. Those are okay places to start. And indeed, if you've never really done a lot of Bible reading before, I recommend these as a place to start, but it's not a place to stop. They're an intro in to reading the Bible. You definitely want to eventually move to a translation. The translation for uh, if you're going to be serious about Bible study, the one you want is the New Revised Standard Version. The King James is great. You may have heard of that one before. Is commissioned by King James. One of the pinnacles of it's right up there with Shakespeare as one of the pinnacles of English language usage in that style. But it's very much within the style of the fifteen, sixteen hundreds, and so it, it can be hard to really access from a modern modern ear kind of like listening to shakespeare is it worthy of study yes I and mean, it's gorgeous the the syntax is beautiful the phrasing is beautiful it's, it's poetic and um, i recommend it to engage that way however um, if you really want to do some serious bible study for you right now in this moment and understanding the meaning and not just appreciation of language, I would go with the New Revised Standard Version. The New International Version is also floating out there. It's a good translation. It's more popular in evangelical circles. Um, and so, I mean, it's okay, but I would put it as a step behind both the New Revised Standard Version and the King James Version. That's it for today. Next week, we're going to go into more about this Old Testament, New Testament, and Apocrypha stuff and see how these collections of books relate to Jesus and and Christianity specifically. So, I hope you'll come check that out. We'll also talk about some ways to read the Bible. There's more than one, there's more than one, and there's different ways at different times which are appropriate for what you're wanting to do the way the particular type of listening that you're wanting to do if you're wanting to listen to god uh, in different ways so come check us out next week and i hope you're having a wonderful day and i hope you remember no matter what god loves you more than you can possibly imagine